We are back. It's Snappy Jays and a Woody Wednesday. We're getting it all going as training camp resumes. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. Training camp is here. We get a first press conference. We get the quarterbacks and Ryan Day. What did we learn? Bill. Uh, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. All right. Okay. Did we learn that if necessary, Ryan Day is willing to let this drag into the season? Or... Did he just say that because that's kind of what you have to say? I think he just said that because he wanted the questions to go away. Now, the problem is when you answer it the way that he did, you open yourself up to a bunch of stories that say, Ryan Day, open to a two-quarterback system. And I don't yeah. believe that he is. No, I, I don't think that he is either. Like I, I asked him the question because he was talking about his experiences at New Hampshire, and he initially made it sound like that that competition dragged on into the season until he was ultimately named a starter. And he was like, no, I was a starter day one. So it was a little bit confusing. But <laughs> just trying to get inside his head on like – because this is different than any quarterback battle he's had. He can compare it to the past ones. It's not the same thing. Um, it, this was not the case with Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, or, or even really Dwayne Haskins at the time. That, that felt, felt kind of cut and dry too. Um, this is very different, and if we have two guys that you feel like that can start, I, I don't know. Like, I, how how long are you willing to take that and giving them both the opportunity to prove that they're the guy? And I, I guess it feels to me like he's willing to take it a little longer than he has in the past, which has been like naming the starter like the third week of camp. Maybe we, we don't know who the starter is until the game week. I don't think we're going to go to Bloomington not knowing who the starter is, but I think it's possible that we don't have a starter named until that first week. And I don't know that I felt that way before talking to him today. Yeah, I, I'm not going to entirely dismiss that as coach speak. Like, I, I think that he's willing to entertain the thought, but like he sure as hell hopes he doesn't have to. That's sort of, I mean, he said, what, 15 times today, someone has to emerge, someone has to emerge. Um, and maybe you say that because you don't want to give the impression that someone already has emerged, you know, because there's so many, so many things we're trying to parse through here. But the fact of the matter is, uh, he didn't rule out Tristan Jebbia being the starter, and that's that's the biggest takeaway for me. <laughs> he, did, he did, in a way, rule out Lincoln Keenholz. Yeah, so like one down, uh, he he did he seemed to indicate that Lincoln Keenholz is is pretty much in line to be the scout team quarterback, which was not expecting a question about scout team yeah, quarterbacks. But that's what one. happens. We get yeah. them sometimes, and. Uh, Overall, the last two weeks we've had who's going to win the backup job and who's going to run the scout team. Kudos to creativity for yeah. trying to get to the bottom of this, I yeah. suppose. I mean, it is what it is. I'm surprised people didn't ask Tristan Jevia for his own, like, you know, depth chart or his ranking just to get an idea. I'm surprised that didn't happen. But <laughs> uh, what, what I was struck by today is just the sheer but different confidence that Kyle McCord and Devin Brown have. And like, you can tell from t- listening to them both, they're both extremely confident in what they've done all offseason, the position that they're in, but they, they present it in such a vastly different way that it is, it's somewhat striking to me. Like, Devin is so confident. Like, he's got he's out BDE, there. big he's Devin out. energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to know what he uses to fuel it. If he's on the Red Bull, if he's got some CZs going. Because... <laughs> He needs to slow down a little bit. I like it. The kid is the kid is like a ball of fire. Yeah. Um, well, I think Bill's point is a fair one, and you made up made the point as well, Berm, that certainly Ryan Day does not want this to be a situation where he entertains two quarterbacks going into September. And I don't think that I think he's aware that he can't do that. If you're going to play a Big Ten opponent on the road, that is not 
playing Youngstown State and saying, we're going to do one drive and then one drive and we're going to get a live evaluation. That's not the situation. I think you, they're going to pick one. I do think that it is more likely than not that they know who that is and Ryan Day wants to continue to build competition, let them go to work, let them both work with the ones in case they have to use both mm-hmm. due to other situations, injury perhaps, or performance down the road. I don't think that there's going to be any design of or uncertainty with those guys where they go in and they have to feel like both need to play to beat Indiana because they have no clue. I, I don't think that that's in the cards. Now, listening to you guys this morning on the podcast daily, like I wanted to ask Ryan Day because no one else did. Like, Do you believe that Kyle McCord or... Devin Brown, our first-round pick, Heisman candidate mm-hmm. caliber quarterbacks right now. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, I didn't get called on during that segment, which is fine. Whatever. It happens. Um, but uh, I'm curious, you know, that is the standard. How annoying is the standard for these kids? But also, does Ryan Day see that right now? And if he doesn't, then that's a problem, right? So I, I think that he probably would not answer it directly, but I, I am curious as you mentioned on this morning's show, like where does he actually see their ceiling? Because when you look back at, at Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields and CJ Stroud and JT Barrett, I mean, these are four Heisman finalists at quarterback here in the last 10, you know, nine seasons. So that's, uh, I mean, four guys and who did it five times. So, and should have been six because Justin should have been there in 2020, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I go off on tangents a little bit, but like, are they those guys? Are these dudes that dude? He got into that. He did not talk about their ceilings per se, but he did say that like it's a problem when you have a room full of quarterbacks and aren't confident in any of them. It's less of a problem when you have two that you know are really good and you got to figure out which one of them is the best. And he said that that's the position that he feels like they're in right now, which is a good position to be in. I don't think it's surprising to hear that. I think all of us here believe that either one of these guys could be a very good starting quarterback for Ohio State this year. Um and it, like to Austin's point, I think I think it makes sense for anybody who is assuming that it is going to eventually be Kyle McCord. And I have tried to get myself to that place, or at least talk in those terms, basically since the end of spring ball. But then like Devin talks, I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe <laughs> maybe he can do it. That is the, that <laughs> is the, the rub. Like I, I he, he exudes such a different energy that it is impossible to not be like, yep, that's the guy. I know. <laughs> because he just has that thing. There was a day in spring where you both left and you both said the same thing. Well, this Devin's energy is carrying him. Like, I'm, you're both were talking yourself into it. And I said, well, what if the order had been reversed? What if Kyle had, to- had talked second and Devin had gone first? We would be saying, he's so professional. He's coming out of his shell a lot more. The things he's saying yeah. are leaning towards Those that. things are true. Also, <laughs> like, those, those things are still true. You can't listen to Kyle McCord and that entire press conference is online on the, the podcast channel but you can't listen to him and not think those things like we've all said over and over Kyle McCord is a future NFL quarterback there's no I don't care if it's from Ohio State or if it's from Toledo like he is going to play don't do that I'm just saying like I'm just saying he could go if 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 it doesn't work here and Devin ends up beating him out and Kyle takes his path elsewhere he's still going to be an NFL quarterback like the kid is a pro's pro and but like it's football so we get all jacked up about guys who have just like juice and And Devin Brown has juice. He's definitely got juice. But I think that that's almost like, and you you did say this, Berm, they have different kinds of yeah. juice. Like one is certainly more uh, electric. Let's say it that way. A little more sugar in it. It doesn't mean that there's not power. A little stank on it. A little pepper. <laughs> you know, behind Kyle McCord's juice. It's, it's a bit more like Everclear. 
and it's going straight down to business and it's gonna get you messed up i like that everclear juice <laughs> well jungle juice it's, you know you mix some everclear in with you know some uh, fruit punch that may be kyle mccord and then you know you've got like spark energy drink and red bull and vodka in devon brown like it doesn't mean that they're both not going to get a job done they'll both get you hammered yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly <laughs> that's the, the point and that's the goal. I really wanted. I really thought when we started Snappy Jays that I would put the quarterback battle in the context of alcoholic drinks, and I did that. Yeah, that was anticipated. Anyway, but my point remains that you do notice a difference in Kyle McCord with the way he speaks compared to two years ago. You've known him longer than both of us combined. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Bill's got. I'm that Philly connection, I think, but I don't think they had like a Philly convention. Yeah, where no, everyone they, from no, Philadelphia. That's, that's how it works. I've known him since he was three. Everyone that's from. How it works. He's from West Jersey. <laughs> Whatever. He's not I'm even from, from Philly. Uh, the point remains. You've seen that come out of him, and yeah. we referenced all summer the throwing the football to the ceiling, and uh, I've talked about his physical ability and the stuff with his legs being better than he gets credit for. I think all of that sometimes gets overwhelmed because of. Just the explosion of exuberance that comes from Devin Brown. I agree. So, I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying it is difficult to not leave a room after talking to Devin going, wow, that kid is a sparkler, you know? Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. Kyle is great. It's not even, again, I've known, been talking to Kyle since he was a junior in high school, so five years now. I know the difference in him between then and now. I know the difference between last September and now. Like He is a much more confident kid, and you have every reason to understand that. He came into Ohio State, and then all of a sudden, Quinn Ewer showed up, and he was going to be you know, competing with C.J. Stroud for the number one spot, and then it's like there's five quarterbacks all of a sudden, and then he starts one game, and people destroy him for throwing for 400 yards only, and they're like, like what, what, what's the problem? And then Devin gets here, and now everyone wants to see Devin play. Like That can mess with your mind at some point if you're not extremely you know, resolute in, in your, in confident in your own abilities, and you know that he has that, but people see you know, Devin... Yeah. yeah. No, it is. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys. So Ryan Day mentioned uh, Dwayne Haskins against Maryland in 2018, Justin Fields against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl, CJ last year against Georgia as like the epitome of we need that from our quarterback in terms of like play extension, toughness, all that stuff. Um, and I feel like we talk about when we try to differentiate these two guys, like with Devin, it's the physical, with Kyle, it's the mental. I think they both have what they need in, in either regard, but I think that is a separating factor. Do you think Ryan Day is more willing to consider the physical attributes of a quarterback maybe than he was previously because of what maybe specifically what he saw in the Peach Bowl last year? Or do you think he'll still lean more on the mental acuity, not making mistakes, that kind of stuff? I don't know if this is going to directly answer your question or not, Bill, but he said something that I thought was interesting last week, which was about the depth of the quarterback room, meaning that he could have more willingness to let his quarterback run and do things with his legs. And I don't, I didn't take that to mean that it has to be the better runner, which mm -hmm. I think we would all agree is Devin Brown. But if Kyle is comparable to CJ Stroud with his legs, which I think that he is, and we talked the last two years about why is he, not using them? Is he unwilling? Is he not coached to do so? Is it a tough? It's all the other things that we've been into the ground for the last two years, and then you saw him do it against Georgia. Well, that was a do-or-die situation, and even though Kyle McCord and Devin Brown were part of that, he did not want to lose a Heisman Trophy finalist at any part in the previous two years. So I think maybe that 
viewing the competition as close enough that he could trust either one of them or Tristan Jebbia may mean not that he leans on the more athletic one, but that he lets all of them do whatever they do best and or gives be them more athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, we didn't see Justin Fields run the football at all in 2020 because if he got hurt, it was, there was nobody behind him. <laughs> so we, you know, that question was answered a number of times in the last two years about CJ Stroud not running because Ryan Day didn't want him to run. Now, does that mean CJ shouldn't have taken a, you know, third and seven when it's wide open? Of course, that's on that's on him trying to do what his coach asked him to do. But I think you're dead on here. Like when you have one A and one B, you're you're more than you're more willing than before to let one of them get hurt. That, that's, yeah, that's, you know what I mean. Like that's yeah. what is you're more willing. You're just less worried about it. Yeah. You're more willing yeah. to be like, well, okay, if he if he gets it's an not ankle, the end of the world. Right, if he hurts his ankle for and he's out for a week, it's not the end of the world. Where previous years it would have been the end of the offense. And so if you go into this camp feeling confident that these guys are capable of doing it, both of them, then you know more power to the offense because you're just going to open things up. Yeah, I think that's probably the right read on it. It's not necessarily a a tip of the hand that he's looking for the more athletic quarterback, but he is inviting both of them to embrace that side of the game. I think that's probably right. Yeah. All right. Anything uh, non-quarterback related, Bill, that you picked up? It was no. it was hard because it, it was, was three quarterbacks followed by the start of a quarterback battle. So. Yeah. No, not really. I mean, in the secondary, he talked about, like, Lathan Ransom is the bandit, and he's entrenched in that spot, and they got to figure out the pieces around him. He kind of opened the door, I think, for um, – like a different version of the nickel perhaps than we've seen, or the, I guess that we saw last year with Tanner McAllister, which mm-hmm. we've talked about a lot with like Cameron Martinez and Jair Brown. So that wasn't new. It was affirmation, I guess, of, of the things we talked about. He did immediately name Jair amongst the safety group, which I yeah. thought was yeah. uh, telling. I think he listed him among the corners too. So yes. busy, busy summer for Jair Brown. <laughs> He's doing a lot. <laughs> Maybe he was thinking about Jair Brown at Penn State. Oh, oh good player. And the safety room. Oh, he did. didn't, you, you, uh, laid out there the opportunity for him to talk about Jacob James in the center battle, but he kind of kept it more generic than he did specific. With yeah, that was probably injured guys coming back. That was probably on me because I wanted a different piece of information and I we were supposed to limit it to one question and I was going to try my best to do that today. And I, I did not like, do that. No, that's and you shouldn't have with the line of questioning you were on. But I wanted I wasn't sure if anybody else was going to inquire about health updates about yeah. guys coming out. So I kind of mixed them together. Maybe I shouldn't have um but I can say that Ryan Day's belief is that the team is full strength going into Thursday. Uh, a bunch of those people are working out back there that have missed some time or, or were out there. I'm not sure if they still Including are. Including Devin Brown. But uh, it, it looks like this team will be ready to go, and I think that that's going to be fun to watch because a lot of those spring competitions were missing key pieces. We talked about it. Center, you have a new addition, right tackle. That's not an injury deal. Uh, you know, bringing in guys on the, at defensive line, Mitchell Melton, you know, Evan Pryor, others. Like, that's... That's a new element that adds to the competition. And also out there, you see Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate on the uh, Monarch machine today. So that's a big deal. Yeah. And we've got, obviously, the full staff is ready to rock for camp uh, over here with Katie rolling through, uh, as I'm sure you saw behind us. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Day brought up unprompted Denzel Burke in his offseason. So a little bit more, you know, testimony to what we've been hearing all summer, which is that the secondary seems to have been taking a step up. Um, and that's going to be led by the, by Denzel Burke because he's the veteran at corner, and so you really need him to be that guy. But they ran down the entire list at corner and seems pretty confident 
in Jermaine Matthews and Kelvin Simpson Hunt that they're going to be able to push Davis and Igbenosin and Jordan Hancock and Denzel Burke. And I think that's why Jair Brown is being worked into the slot in this, the nickel spot behind Cam Martinez. Um, and with the possibility of Jihad Carter rotating at all three safety spots. So there's just so many guys. And, uh, you know, it's another thing I wanted to ask Dave about today. We'll get a lot of time for this in the next month, but like, there are guys that have to play, which we've beaten into a, you know, beaten that horse multiple times. How do you balance like this guy's really freaking good and has to play versus, but we also need to play this guy because he's here. Like they're here. You have to play them all, right? Yeah. Well, that all begins in earnest on Thursday uh, with the start of camp, uh, the podcast and dotting the eyes will be there in full force, ready, ready for football, ready for coverage. Uh, exciting to be back in the Woody for some snappy Jays. Hope you enjoyed it on the podcast and that you stick around for more uh, great content or attempted great content, maybe I should say. That's Bill and Berm. I'm Austin. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later.